us. And one year ago, God brought to us an, an amazing young woman named Gina Nam. And she's going to share a little bit with us tonight. So let's give her a warm welcome, everybody. Wow, I can see you guys. I thought <laughs> I thought it was going to be dark. Okay. <laughs> um, so before I forget, my name's Gina Nam. Um, I'm a four-year student here at SNU. I study psychology. It's my second year at school. And yeah, like you heard, I came to Emmaus last year. And I'll be sharing my testimony with you guys. That's right. I don't have a title for it yet. <laughs> so <laughs> it's titled my testimony <laughs> so um, this testimony that I'm about to share with you guys I'm really excited because this testimony is not about me it's about God it's all about him his grace and mercy and his unconditional love for me and all of you guys so to start off I was born in Korea but I was raised in Poland since I was three um, my parents were pretty young, and they were successful in starting up their own business. So from the profits of which, they could send my younger brother and I to really prestigious and international schools in Poland. Like, we were hated by the Polish kids because we were so rich and got the best education there. <laughs> That's how lucky and spoiled I was. And I always considered myself lucky because I was able to receive this high-class education in a very loving and encouraging community. Um, that was very different from the Korean education system. So I knew that I at least had a chance of a bright future. So I thought I, so, so I, thought I was really lucky. And um, I mean, I got really good grades. I was leader of a lot of different clubs at school. I was um, senior editor for the school year, but for two years, for the last two years of my high school. And by graduation, I was basically the most successful ki Korean kid in school which was proved by my SNU and four-year scholarship acceptance. Um, so I had it all, a great fit. <laughs> Just <laughs> boasting right now. <laughs> so, uh, so I had it all, you know, I had a really great family. Um, they didn't, my parents didn't fight or anything. They were so encouraging and loving. They weren't like Korean parents who were really, you know. Anyways, <laughs> I'll just stop there. I had really amazing friends and I didn't have a thing to worry about in the world because I was, you know, I consider myself the luckiest girl in the world who had it all figured out. That's what I looked on the outside, but on the inside, honestly, I was a mess. People say real perfectionists don't know that they are perfectionists, and I think I'm one of them because I never, well, up until now, I didn't know that, but it's true that until now, I was never satisfied with anything I did. Even the yearbooks that I published, I was like, no, it didn't have the right font in this page or whatever. I was like never satisfied. But worst of all, I was never satisfied with myself. I was never good enough for myself or for anybody around me or for the whole world. I legitimately believed that I was so imperfect and incapable that I had done nothing to achieve all the successes that I had. But just because I was lucky, they were given to me, but I never deserved it. And because I felt so worthless and incapable, I didn't feel like I knew who I really was. Um, I was scared also because I didn't know who truly loved me for who I am and the things I seem to have accomplished. But those were the kinds of deceptions I used to be buried under back then. But once I came to Emmaus and was taught the truth, man, God set me free. 
I didn't. I don't know what I was expecting when my friend brought me out to Mavis the, the first time one year ago. Um, I guess I was expecting hugs because he convinced me the people at Mavis hugged you all the time and they're really nice. And Korean people don't hug you, so I really miss that. But when I got here, I just remember being so overwhelmed. I had very little religious background. Um, I briefly attended the Korean Catholic Church in Poland. That was when I was a kid, though. And I only went because my parents forced me. But, yeah, and that was it. So when I was put in the middle of this room and people were worshiping, where, like, young people my age were crying and singing for this Jesus and (laughs) listening to messages about a God who kept loving us, chasing us, and talking to us, when I obviously couldn't hear anything. So my obvious and logical conclusion was that they were brainwashed religious freaks, and I didn't care how nice they were or how much they hugged me. I just wanted to get out of here really quickly. So when, so like, like you heard, that was the first, like, first large group they ever had in SNU. So to commemorate that, they took a like, group picture in the end. <laughs> but I just didn't like the idea of me being associated with these people, so I said no. I was like, I refuse to be in the picture. And man, <laughs> it was really awkward, but I had never said no so many times before in my life. But they kept asking and asking for me, <laughs> for me to join them in the picture. They just didn't know how to give up. But our God doesn't give up either, because just like he brought me out to Mayus the first time, he chased after me again through Rona. And then the next week, <laughs> <laughs> which was the week of Scandalous Love Retreat. Nothing much happened at the retreat except for me just begging to God on the last night. Tears were rushing down my face out of frustration and anger to help me see him. Because honestly, I desperately wanted to believe in him. Because through Emmaus, I learned about a God who loved me so much that um, he, he provided everything for me since I was born. He sent his only son to die and be punished for me instead of me so that I could be with him forever, who kept watching over me and protecting me even when I didn't know him, who set everything up and brought me out to Korea all so that I could finally meet him. I like Who wouldn't want to believe in that? Who doesn't want to be loved like that? <laughs> Cause, but it all didn't make sense to me. It wasn't logical, realistic, or probable. <laughs> Um, but deep down I felt like even if this whole thing turned out to be fake, if there was no heaven in the end, if this was just a belief system, something like a crutch that could help me get through this life, I just wanted it. So I prayed and prayed that night, asking that if he was real, for him to just open my eyes and help me believe. And God heard and answered my first prayer. So (laughs) a few days after the retreat, I was like waking up in the morning and washing my face in the bathroom when it all happened. When the scales that had covered and blinded my eyes the entire time, my entire life, they just fell off that morning. And the amazing thing is God didn't have to force me or to like do it by um, giving me evidence so I can logically figure everything out. He did it by just doing what he always does. He showed me his love. Like he literally showed me. <laughs> no, seriously, I felt like I could see my whole life flash before my eyes. And... I could see things that I had never seen before. I could see him in all the different areas of my life. When I was a little kid and was running around, he was just watching me and laughing at me, whatever. <laughs> um, and I could see him, like, I could see him weeping with me when I was just crying alone at night, being, feeling so hopeless and worthless. And I could see him, like, healing me when I was sick and just surrounding me with 
the best people that I could ever know. And, and he brought me all the way to Korea and SNU. And I could, at that moment, I could feel the excitement that he was feeling. Because, you know, I could just feel the excitement he felt at the idea that finally, after all these years, after all 18 years of my life, I was finally coming back to him. It was, it was amazing. I felt, <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> I felt really different. I felt like I had reached a point where I couldn't turn back to my old life and that I was different and new. I felt like the only way I can describe it is I felt 3D. Like I felt, I felt so whole and full and complete. Like finally I was like, I could feel my heart beating. I'm like, oh, I'm alive. That's what I felt like. You know, I just felt so real. So I shared this amazing thing with Rona a few days later, telling her, like, I felt different. I pray to God sometimes whenever I can. And <laughs> that I just felt so good, but I still didn't believe in God. You know, like, it's not real. <laughs> it's like, this is the dumbest part of my life, but <laughs> honestly, like, after, like, this amazing thing that just happened to me, I was like, oh, you know, God did this for me, and... Now I believe in him and I pray to him, but I just don't believe in him. Because <laughs> it was stupid and weird, but like I knew something happened, but I still didn't believe in God because I couldn't make sense of it. And I need to lo- like logically think out everything and know what it means. But thankfully, God knocked the foolishness right out of me <laughs> when I realized that this was the beginning of a new life. There would be difficult and uncomfortable things ahead after this. Um, times when I had to take a step without knowing why, but just believing in him. And it all started right then and there. With me accepting Jesus, even though I was nervous because I didn't know what life was going to look like afterwards as a Christian, I didn't feel ready or prepared to take that step of faith. But this was that moment when my walk of faith would officially begin. So right there in the middle of Cafe Grand up in the dorms, (laughs) Rona held my hand and led me through a prayer where I repented of my past ways and declared that I was a new person born again, redeemed and covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. That from then on, I was now his and would forever be his. In the natural, I know it may have looked weird, like just two girls holding hands and praying in the middle of a cafe, but I know that in the spirit, heaven was celebrating my return and that the enemy was being defeated as I chose to stand on the side of victory, victory with God for eternity. So here I am now apparently exactly a year (laughs) since I accepted Jesus and started walking with God. And to be honest, like, it wasn't the easiest year. There there were and still are so many times when I have to step out of my comfort zone, Um, like socializing with strangers, (laughs) Um, putting up posters and actually doing work, (laughs) and uh, speaking in public. And there were so many times when all of this, everything that was happening just logically didn't make sense. And there are times when I couldn't understand it. But I know that this is the power of God and of the gospel. That because someone like me, who had so many doubts and needed to to logically figure everything out and make sense of everything that happens to me, even though I don't know everything yet, I've been saved and standing in front of you testifying about him. I know that's not natural. It's supernatural. (laughs) It's his love, the love of a good and almighty God. His love is the only thing that has made me feel alive over the past year through the ups and downs. It's the only thing that keeps me going, and it's the only thing that matters to me now. So um, 
just a Bible verse, Ephesians 3, chapter 3, verses 14 to 19. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God.